We just keep going, baby. We just keep going. Man, so fucking proud of you right there. We don't stop. I love it. Love every single one of you. We emptied that tank again today. That was a lot. It's a good thing we put a lot in. We put a lot in. We needed all of it today. We needed all of it. Hey, shout Mel. Way to finish that game. NFL, man, this is what it feels like. Yeah. We beat anybody any day, any time. I don't give a where they want to play. Right. Parking That's lots, right. in backyards, yeah. their home stadium, yeah. ours. Hey, don't get mad. We just keep going. We just keep going. All right? Listen to me one sec. All right? All right, listen. All right? We have a brotherhood here. We have a brotherhood. All right? Love every single one of you guys. I know you guys love each other. All right? One of ours, one of ours, okay, men? Look, he played here a long time. He gave a lot to the city of Philadelphia, okay? A little over a year ago, he lost his dad. He came back to Philly to bury him. He hasn't been back in a year. He went and saw him this morning. I know his dad was with us today. I'm gonna give this ball to Hank. Yeah. Yeah. And what is going on, everybody? This is your boy, Josh Sanchez. And the clip I started today's show with is the Lions locker room after a upset in Philadelphia. The Detroit Lions go into Philadelphia and upset the Philadelphia Eagles 27 to 24. And as an Eagles fan, this is one of the most disappointing losses in recent memory, definitely one of the most disappointing losses in the Doug Peterson era by far. The Eagles opened up as a seven and a half point favorite point favorites. And I must say, I got to give the Lions credit because I was completely wrong with my game prediction. I will get to my uh, weekly predictions and the res- I talked about the results on Monday. I'm going to give you guys my week four predictions as well. But Wow. As an Eagles fan right now, I am am disgusted, but we're going to get to that in a second before we get started with today's show. So much to talk about. I have so much topics for you guys to listen to today. I'm also going to talk about Antonio Brown, and this will be the last, hopefully last topic that I'm ever going to talk about Antonio Brown on this show because it seems like I've been talking about him every single week. But I'm also going to add a very special segment with Antonio during the Antonio Brown segment. So I hope you guys stay tuned. That'll be next. And then there's been a scandal in college basketball. And for those who have been following my podcast, Swoop Radio, for years now, I've been saying this. Every single year, there has been a different type of college basketball team that gets caught in some scandals. Last year, it was Michigan State and everything that went there and Syracuse had their problems. And now this year it's Kansas, but I'm going to get to that later as well. And then obviously swoop radio has the feeling of defeat because obviously Jim Harbaugh in Michigan. Wow. It's another topic for later. And then I'm going to finish the show with loneliness. So there is your game plan for today's show. So first topic, obviously your Philadelphia Eagles lost to the Detroit lions The Lions are now 2-0-1 for the season, and your Philadelphia Eagles fall to 1-2 and and are now already two games back from the Dallas Cowboys in a division. And 
I must say, I am so disappointed. This is, I, I started the show with saying how disappointed I was. I am flat out disgusted with the lack of plays, play calling, anything. You name it from start to finish. Like, I let I let the Atlanta game, let it go as a past, as like a pass, as like a free pass because the Eagles lost to Sean Jackson and Alshon Jeffrey literally during the first quarter, first drive of the game. But this week, there's no excuses. The players had a full seven days to get ready for this game. And the Eagles were not ready. They shot themselves in the foot. And honestly, the Eagles should be 3-0 this season. But they continued to shoot themselves in the foot. In week two in Atlanta, it was Nelson Aguilar's two drops. One in the end zone and one that was right in his hands that would have been a touchdown to give the Eagles the late lead in the fourth quarter. So... That was week two. Now, fast forward to this past Sunday. The Eagles had three fumbles. They lost two of them. Miles Sanders fumbled the ball twice on the same drive. Nelson Aguilar fumbles the ball with no one touching him. The Eagles specials teams, which is usually good. I'll give them a pass. But they gave up a 100-yard kickoff return for a touchdown. So if you take the, the two turnovers... The, miss, uh, the kickoff return for the touchdown and nine drops. The Eagles receivers dropped the ball nine times. And I'm going to give the Eagles receivers a benefit. I'll lower it from nine to seven. There's a couple questionable drops. I get it. I will say seven drops. The Eagles drafted uh, Omega Smith-Schuster, whatever his name is from USC. I don't even want to pronounce his name right for the way he's been playing. Drafted him in the second round. Miles Sanders, a second round pick. Matt Collins, a fourth round pick in 2015. All these guys that are... Re- Nelson Aguilar, a first round pick. I know Chip Kelly drafted him, but he's still a high draft pick. The Eagles' last draft picks, at the last NFL drafts, have been awful. And you're, and you're seeing the result of bad drafting these past two weeks because I get it Alshon Jeffrey and Deshaun Jackson are hurt but come on you drafted these guys early in the draft for a reason for them to step up in moments like these nine drops I'll, I'll give it seven unacceptable and some of the drops were pathetic Aguilar two or three drops two, they would have been first downs Dallas Goddard, supposed to be the next big tight end in Philadelphia Eagles history. Drops an easy one. I could have caught that in the end zone. Like, you got to give Carson Wentz some help. Carson Wentz, it's it's bad. He's throwing beautiful passes. Yes, he did miss Matt Collins early in the first quarter. So Carson Wentz is a part of the blame a little bit. But even on that fourth down and 15 play, the Eagles block. And and this is, I'm sorry, as I'm jumping the gun. The Eagles had nine drops. And the Lions still gave the game away. The Eagles blocked a field goal. And were set up right at midfield with less than two minutes left to go. Darren Sproles offensive pass interference, which was a pass interference. 
clear, clear as day offensive pass interference. Matt Collins, those two offensive penalty calls on him, those were offensive pass interference calls. Tried to push off. You can't push off. Get better. Run a better route. Matt Collins, I'm calling you out. Omega Shift Schuster, whatever your name is from USC, I'm calling you out. Pathetic. Pathetic effort from the Eagles receiving core and Dallas Goddard. But anyway. Now, a couple drops in the end zone, Eagles wide receivers in the ba- and back-to-back weeks. I, I, right now, man, I'm disgusted. I know Alshon Jeffrey is going to come back this week against the Packers. But man, I am scared for that defense going up against Aaron Rodgers because Matthew Stafford played a very good, solid game. Matthew Stafford, the Eagles literally scored a touchdown. It's 20 to 17. And then guess what Matthew Stafford does? He leads the Giant the the not Giants. He leads the Lions on a 75-yard play drive. And they, he threw a he threw a touchdown to answer the Eagles touchdown to Marvin Jones. And that's your ball game. Jordan Howard. People are saying run with Jordan Howard, need to run him the ball more. The fans, you guys need to shut your mouth. Jordan Howard, there's a reason why Jordan Howard is not playing in the games. Watch the tape. There's film all over Twitter. Jordan Howard cannot does not have good vision. There's been a couple runs when he's touched the ball and Eagles, and there's holes. There's holes. And he's not hitting the holes because he can't see them. Miles Sanders is young. That's why Miles Sanders is getting more carries. But he has to hang on to the football. All of a sudden, these key acquisitions the Eagles got in free agency, they look like they have some flaws. They're not as good as we thought they were as a fan base. But even so, the Eagles still had a chance to win the game. Back-to-back weeks, just not getting the job done in the clutch. One or two plays away from being 3-0. Omega Shift Schuster dropped the easiest catch I've ever seen in my life on that 4th and 15-yard play. And he had the nerve to say that he's embracing the contact before he's catching the ball. You're an NFL wide receiver. Why are you even talking about that? I'm I'm completely disgusted with this receiving core right now. I expect more. You're a professional athlete. You need to deliver. Because right now the Cowboys have a very easy schedule in the beginning of the year. And they're up to a fast start. The Eagles have to win in Green Bay. That's what it comes down to, plain and simple. It's either a win in Green Bay or a bust. Eagles, the Eagles can't be one and three. They cannot. If they're two and two with the first quarter, I'm okay. But one and three cannot. And I'm going to get into the numbers with this Packers offense because the Packers are three and zero, oh, and Aaron Rodgers only has four passing touchdowns in three games. But the thing with the Packers is they do not turn the football over and their defense turned, gets turnovers. The Packers rank in the top five in turnover differential with six. 
The Eagles are towards the bottom of the league at minus two. The Eagles cannot turn the ball over in Green Bay or else Aaron Rodgers will take advantage of your opportunities. The Eagles secondary is has some big holes. Sidney Jones is iffy. Rasul Douglas is getting better each day. But this team, Ronald Darby, is out. He re-aggravated his leg injury again. The, the, and the thing is, the Eagles pass rush are not getting any rushes. The Eagles have two sacks in three games. And look at the uh, Matt opponents they faced it. They faced. They faced a Lions team that's, eh, okay. They faced a Falcons team that's, ugh, like they just lost to the stinking Colts. 27-24. And then they took on a Redskins team without Trent Williams. And all you can muster is two sacks? The reason why the Eagles are so good against the run is because teams are not running on them because they know that they can exploit their pass defense. That's the game plan. That's what everyone is coming to Philadelphia for. The game plan is to throw the ball heavy because this team cannot cover. So, man, Thursday night is going to be a big test. Um, It's going to be a big test on Wentz's leadership. It's going to be a big test on Doug Peterson and how he runs the team. And it's also going to be a big test about the uh, Eagles team overall. And if they're actually going to try and make the playoffs this year, or are they going to be another 7-9 mediocre team? Good teams go into the road, doesn't matter what setting they're in, and they get the job done. You come out of this slow start 2-2, then you get ready for the next chapter of the season. The next quarter of the season. So... This is a big test. You cannot go one and three. What the Eagles defense has to do is they have to get a pass rush on Aaron Rodgers because the corners are going to sit back and Rodgers is just going to dink and dump on this Eagles defense. Slants, quick routes, all game because the Eagles are not going to give up the big play defensively. So in the red zone, the Eagles are going to have to force field goals, not touchdowns, field goals. And on the other side of the ball, the Eagles offense needs to keep Rodgers off that field, being able to run the football and get and stop dropping the ball. Get first downs and finish drives with touchdowns. If the Eagles follow that recipe, they will come out of Green Bay as winners. And despite me being angry at this team, I believe that they can get it done because the Eagles have shown when people doubt them, they played her very best. The Eagles went into LA. They were they just lost to the Cowboys. And they fell to six and seven on the season. Or five and seven on the season. Carson Wentz, they sit Carson Wentz for the season. And guess what the Eagles do? They win four straight. One in LA. They beat a tough Texans team at home. They go into Washington and blank the Redskins. And they got in the playoffs and won in Chicago. The Eagles are a good football team. Just because of their recent losses, do not count them out. Now, that being said, what I said earlier is is, that's, that's a must in order for this team to become a playoff team. 
Because the, Cow- the Cowboys, they got a tough test in New Orleans, and I'm going to get to that later on the show. But you guys listen to Swoop Radio with Josh Sanchez. What do you guys think the Eagles have to do this Thursday night as they take on a very tough Green Bay Packers team? I know the Packers are due for a loss. The Eagles are due for a win. What do you guys think? But again, check check out Swoop Radio with Josh Sanchez on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. And on the Anchor app, all I have to do is search Swoop Radio with Josh Sanchez. But we are going to take a quick break here on 89.1 WYBF FM Cavalier Radio. Stick around because next I'm going to get into Antonio Brown. And I'm also going to give you guys a little special segment. But you guys listen to Swoop Radio with Josh Sanchez. And Swoop Radio is back. I hope you guys enjoyed the first topic. I did go on a big rant about the Eagles falling to one and two for the season. And they have fallen in the power rankings, and rightfully so. Because this team has lost back-to-back games to mediocre at best competition. I don't care if the Lions end up making the postseason. I don't care. The Lions are always going to be mediocre to me. Always. And until they won a super, uh, until they won the big game, I cannot say Super Bowl. I keep, I keep getting that habit. They're going to continue to be mediocre. No, anyway, transitioning to the second topic. Earlier, I mentioned about Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown. He goes from this is insane. Antonio Brown goes from getting traded from Pittsburgh to Oakland, getting paid in Oakland. Doesn't want to play. Pretty much does not want to play for Oakland. He ends up demanding a demanding a release. He ends up getting cut from the Oakland Raiders. Now he's on. Then he gets signed by the New England Patriots, and now he's now had two allegations about his sexual assault charges. Sex, say, uh, two women have come up to say that he's been sexually abused. And according to the NFL, uh, the NFL and the Patriots clearly took our clients' concerns seriously. This is according to the lawyers of Lisa Banks and and Deborah Katz. Um, those are the two people that were uh, sexually assaulted uh, to, uh, by Antonio Brown and Marshall and Banks both said in a statement, she wants the threats and intimidation to stop. And we hope that, and we hope that we will be the case. The NFL has assured us that regardless of Antonio Brown's roster status, it will continue to investigate all claims regarding his behavior. So, Antonio Brown is now jobless. He went. He's going back to college at Central Michigan to finish his degree, rightfully so. And if an NFL team signs him, the NFL is clearly is going to go an investigation and he is probably going to be suspended for a couple games. Just to let you guys know. uh, If you guys have like if there's teams that still want Antonio Brown, let's think about it. The Pittsburgh Steelers and the New England Patriots, two organizations that have tied for the most Super Bowl wins ever, cut him. What does that say about him? 
Sometimes everyone needs that look in the mirror moment, and I think Antonio Brown needs to look into the mirror. Definitely. Because in terms of talent, I mentioned it last week and the week before. Top three receiver football, in my opinion, he's the best receiver in football. But he's just in his own head. And Antonio Brown went on Twitter. He reached out to the Patriots and said, thanks for the opportunity. He did score a touchdown. Tom Brady threw a beautiful touchdown strike to him. And Brown declined to sign a $2 million plus agreement with Taylor. Um, Taylor was the Patriots. Um, he worked for the Patriots. So he's been released from, from the New England Patriots, and now he's on the commissioner's exempt list. And the Patriots did agree to pay Brown $9 million in signing bonus, which was going to be $5 million. It was due to be paid Monday and $4 million. That was due January 15th. But now Brown, this is crazy. Antonio Brown is unlikely to get any of the bonuses because of a representation warranty clause that calls for a player to disclose any situations that might prevent continued availability. So this is according to Jimmy Fowler, ESPN reporter. So obviously the players, the NFL Players Association is definitely going to speak on this matter. And they're going to file a grievance over the money. And sources told ESPN last week that Brown was under a confidentiality agreement while attorneys for him and for he and Taylor discussed a potential settlement for months. So this the story is going to continue for weeks. Will Antonio get paid? My chances are highly unlikely. But anyway, does that really stop the New England Patriots, though, Antonio Brown leaving? Not really. I mean, the Patriots have had arguably the easiest schedule in football during the first three weeks. The Steelers are 0-3. The Jets are 0-3. And the Dolphins are 0-3. So have the Patriots really played someone that good? But anyway, and this transitions perfect to my little mini topic, my special segment that I hope you guys have been waiting to listen to. Swoop Radio is going to give you guys his current top five NFL teams in the first three games of the season. Obviously, the NFL is a 16 game season, and I might as well give you guys my top five early standouts in the NFL, starting at number five. Even though it hates for me to say it, but I got to give credit when credit is due. The Dallas Cowboys are my number five team in the NFL. The Cowboys are 3-0 and have been outscoring opponents. I want you guys to realize this, and I know they have not really played anybody, but the Dallas Cowboys have been outscoring opponents 97-44. They steamrolled. The, uh, the Redskins, they steamrolled the Giants. This is before Daniel uh, the, before Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones magic in New York. I'll get to that later. And then they took on a Dolphins team. And I will say the Dolphins played them tough in the first half. That's something that the Saints need to look at for the film. Is how the Dolphins played the Cowboys in that first half. 10-6 halftime. And that's why the Cowboys are my top five. They're in my fifth rank because they they get yeah, it ended up blowing out the Dolphins 31 to 6 but that first half the Cowboys shown some flaws 
against a very bad team and at home. So who knows? Maybe the Saints could pull it off Sunday night. I'll get to that later. But anyway, the Cowboys are my number five team in the NFL. At number four, the Green Bay Packers. And people thought that Aaron Rodgers was going, to sh- was going to show up and this Packers team was pretty much going to be mediocre because they did not have the defense. Well, you guys are sadly mistaken. The Packers had a big win in Chicago, upsetting the Bears 10-3. Rodgers has only thrown four passing touchdowns in the first three weeks. Yet the Packers defense has been turning the ball over and playing so well which is why the Green Bay Packers are 3-0. They beat the Vikings at home. And then, and the reason why I had them ahead of the Cowboys is their schedule's been tougher. A tough win in Chicago. A tough win against the Minnesota Vikings at home. And then they took on the Broncos team that has a very good defense. So the Packers' schedule has been... And they take on the Eagles this week. So this Packers team has had a very tough schedule and they've only allowed 35 points in three games so the Green Bay Packers are ranked fourth in my power rankings at number three and this one is a very interesting one at number three I'm going to go with the Kansas City Chiefs the Chiefs are 3-0 and just like the Packers they have had a couple tough matchups the Chiefs took on the Ravens last week, a very good defense, and they exploited them. They really embarrassed them. They ran on them. They threw on them. Patrick Mahomes is the real deal, and he's on his way to win his second MVP unless um, <laughs> unless the Sean Watson or other quarterbacks have, a, have, a, have their other options for that. And before I get to my top two, but before I transition, the Chiefs defense has been very good this season. The Ravens, yes, they scored late in the fourth quarter, but they held the Raiders to 10 points. They held the Jaguars in, in, in count. And like the Jag, when the Jag, when team scored touchdowns on the Chiefs, it's when the game is done and when the game's over. Because the Chiefs in the second quarter have been historically great this season. 28 points in game two, 23 points against the Ravens. This Chiefs team in the second quarter is the real deal. But anyway, the Kansas City Chiefs are my third team. At number two, I have the Los Angeles Rams at number two. And only because the Rams have had a very tough schedule to start the season. The Rams, they defeated the Carolina Panthers at Carolina. They defeated the Cleveland Browns in Cleveland. And they took on the New Orleans Saints. Yeah, Drew Brees was hurt in the game. But they took on the Saints, the Panthers, and the Browns. And they and they won all three of those games. You got to give credit when credit is due to the Los Angeles Rams. And I'm going to do that. They're my number two team. And my number one team... And everyone knows this. The New England Patriots, they have had by far, them and the Cowboys, the easiest schedule of the year. But it is going to get tough on them later. 
But the New England Patriots are just so dominant on both sides of the ball. They annihilated the Jets. They annihilated the Dolphins. They played way better against the Dolphins than the Cowboys did. And they took on a Steelers team with Big Ben. So you got to give the Patriots credit when credit is due. They continue to get it done. So my top five to reiterate. I have the Cowboys. Packers. Chiefs. Rams. Patriots. That is Swoop Radio's top five teams in the first three weeks of the NFL season. Whether or not you guys agree or disagree, you can always call into the show and comment. I'm on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, every every show that's on air, because I air my shows Wednesday. On Thursday, the full podcast will be out at 6 o'clock Eastern Time. But, what do you guys think? Now, as we are going to continue this show today, tonight, we are going to talk about, Swoop Radio is going to talk about, going to give you guys six games to pick on and to um, win-loss. I'm going to pick my win-loss teams, and I'm also going to give you guys some games to bet on. I will give myself myself a shout-out. I did say the Bears were going to beat the Redskins on Monday night. Got that right. I am now 10-6 and six on my sports picks through the first three weeks. I'm 2-0 on Monday Night Football. However, I am 0-2 on Sunday night football. So as great as I am on Monday night, I suck on Sunday night games. I don't know. It's just something about prime time. I mean, the Eagles did let me down. Aguilar. Anyway, speaking of Aguilar, quick little side topic here before we wrap up the second segment. Nelson Aguilar, for those that have not realized this, there was a fan that saved that saved babies in a fire. His friend was throwing babies at at him, like because the building's catching on fire, and he had and he's he saved babies. He caught them, and then he's like, "I at least I caught the babies." Unlike Aguilar, well now Aguilar has seen this viral video and wants to link up with the Philly fan, and people are saying the Philly fan looks like John Wall. I swear to God, go on Twitter and check it out. But we're going to take a quick little music break and also public service break swoop radio will be back at the top of the hour but you guys listen to swoop radio with josh sanchez we'll be right back And Swoop Radio is back. It's the top of the hour, 6 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time at in Radnor, Pennsylvania. It's your boy, Josh Sanchez. And I am currently live on Instagram. I'm going to answer questions. Um, Eagles, 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 Packers, Thursday night. And that's going to be my first game I pick. You guys already know. Each week I pick Eagles games. Right now, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm, I'm, I'm the same record as the Eagles. My overall record is 10-6. and six, But my record picking, picking Eagles games right now is 1-2. and two. And, I, I, and I knew I should have picked the Falcons week two. That was the only game I was going to pick against the Eagles this season. Because whenever two birds play against each other, um, usually what happens is... Um, when two birds play against each other, Eagles, Ravens, Falcons, Ravens, Falcons, Eagles, Eagles, Ravens, 
the bird team always wins the eagles have not won in atlanta since 2009 so that was the only game i was like okay like i'm saying it for the radio purposes but deep down i'm like they don't got week two but back to my point eagles packers thursday night i'm gonna go with the birds i even though i'm fed up with their loss to the lot to the detroit lions that was probably one of the most disappointing losses in Eagles history in the Doug Peterson era. But I got to go with the birds. I got I think Carson Wentz, he's been working with, with the wide receivers an extra 20 minutes after every practice. We're going to see a we're going to see a big leader in Carson Wentz and I'm a firm believer that Carson Wentz will get the job done and your Eagles will be 2 and 2 in the season. And my final score for the game, I have the Eagles winning 28 to, no, I'm not going to say 20. I think the Eagles are going to put up 30. Eagles are going to put up 30 Thursday night. Am, 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 I, am I going crazy? Am I? Eagles, 31. Packers, 23. I think the Eagles offense runs the football very well against the Packers. And we're going to see a victory. Hopefully the Eagles can prove me right. So I got the Eagles winning again. 31 to 23. In fact, I'll give the Packers 24 points. 31 to 24. Your Philadelphia Eagles. Next game I'm picking is the Dallas Cowboys and the New Orleans Saints. Right now, I am 3-0 in Cowboy games, and it's very funny. I mean, the games are very easy to pick so far. But I got the Saints beating the Dallas Cowboys this week. The Saints are coming off of a huge victory when they defeated the Seattle Seahawks in Seattle with Teddy Bridgewater at quarterback. Now they're coming back home to New Orleans. And I'm telling you, being at home is going to be a difference. I know the Cowboys may have won last year in Dallas, but I'm telling you, the Saints, they're showing everyone, hey, we don't need Drew Brees. Yeah, they need Drew Brees, but <laughs> we don't need Drew Brees yet. Drew Brees, take your time. We're going to hold it down for you. When you come back, we're going to be on a big playoff run. I got the Saints beating the Cowboys. Low-scoring game. The Miami Dolphins showed, and, and they exploited some of the Cowboy errors last week in that first half. And I think the Saints are going to exploit that. I got the, the Saints beating the Cowboys 24-18. to 18. I don't think the Cowboys score enough points this week. Everyone's talking about that high-powered offense. I don't know. I'm not seeing it. I'm not a believer. I know Gallup was out week three. He might play in week four. But I'm telling you that the New Orleans Saints are going to beat the Dallas Cowboys this week. I, I have this gut feeling. They are running off of high of the win in Seattle. So, so far, I got the Eagles beating the Packers. I know I'm crazy for saying it. And I got the... Dallas Cowboys beating the new. Oh no, I got the New Orleans Saints beating the Dallas Cowboys. My fault, guys. Third game I got on my list that I'm telling you guys to pick: the Houston Texans and the Carolina Panthers. The Panthers have their backup Allen, but he threw for four passing touchdowns last week, and and he looked really good for the Carolina Panthers and the Houston Texans. If they can, if only they had a good offensive line, this Houston Texans team, I, in my opinion, is a I think they're they're definitely a, a I can't say Super Bowl in the air, but they're definitely a con championship contending team. Deshaun Watson threw for over 350 yards last week. 
and he is definitely should be an MVP candidate by the end of the year. Uh, Deshaun Watson is one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, and I got the Texans beating the Panthers. So far for Texans games, I'm 1-0. I picked last week for the Texans to upset the Chargers, and I got the Texans beating the Panthers here. I know the game is going to be in L.A. It's going to be a tough, uh, not L.A., it's going to be in Carolina. It's going to be a tough matchup. But I'm a firm believer in the Houston Texans. I think that the Texans are going to get the job done. And I think the Texans are going to move to 3-1 in the season. All they have to do is protect Deshaun Watson and he will do his thing. DeAndre Hopkins on the outside. No one can guard him. So, so far, Texans, uh, Saints, Eagles. Next, Ravens, Browns. The, I think the, this Browns team is overrated. Their defense is good. But their offense needs some work. I got the Ravens beating the Browns. The Browns fall to 1-3. Baker Mayfield throws two interceptions this week. Calling it now. And I, I think the Ravens, when Lamar Jackson, they, they're, they're angry about that loss to Kansas City. I think their offense puts up 25, at least 25. I got the Ravens beating the Browns 25-16 to 16 in that matchup. And finally, the last game I have on my list, the Bears and the Vikings. Whenever I pick the Vikings and Bears, I always fail. So I'm like, why not pick two teams that I fail on? I have... This one's going to be tough. This pick is going to be very tough. I have the Chicago Bears going into Minnesota and beating the Minnesota Vikings. I think... That the offense started clicking against Washington. I think the defense is going to cause Kirk Cousins to throw picks. What the game's going to come down to is which quarterback can stop playing mediocre and lead his team to victory. Kirk Cousins started doing it. Dalvin Cook is an amazing running back, but you already know the Bears are going to take Dalvin Cook away from the game. It's going to expect a very low-scoring game. Way on take the under in that game. It's probably going to be like a 10-6 type of football game. And I got the Bears winning. I think the Bears win. 10 to 6. That's my prediction. 10 to 6. So, so far, I have the Eagles beating the Packers 31 to 24. Saints beating the Cowboys 24 18. Texans beating the Panthers. I did not give a score for that. My apologies. Texans beating the Panthers 27 to 20. I got the Ravens beating the Browns 25 18. And I got the Bears beating the Vikings 10 to 6. Sounds like good good expert picks right there. Hopefully I can go 5-0. My best week so far, I went 4-1 week 1. I went 2-3 I went week 2. 4-1 week 3. 2-3 week 2, yes. And then I went 2-3 last week as well. So, actually no, I went 2-4 week 2. Because I bet the Monday night game. I, I picked the Monday night game. Anyway, sorry. I'm getting a little off sidetracked. Now we're going to do the bets of the week. And I'm going to take, I'm not going to lie, a couple of my bets, I'm going to let you guys know. Take some unders this week. Take Definitely take the under between the Vikings and the, and the Bears. Both teams are not going to score a lot of points. Both defenses are very good. Expect a lot of punts. A very ugly game. The over-under is 38 point, 38 and a half. Take that under. Easy money. Another game to take the under. As I'm looking down the list, I remember because I, I took it, is the Jaguars and the Broncos. Again, both teams really good offense, really bad offenses. Exceptional defenses. Jalen Ramsey has been a little hurt, though. 
but expect both teams to not score a lot of points. I got taking the under for that one. Definitely take the Texans over to Panthers this week. I, I'm telling you, the Texans offense, they're at minus four. They don't get enough credit because they cannot protect Deshaun Watson. But if they can get over that, you got to give the Texans a chance to win. And the Texans are home. Sorry, guys, I made that little mistake. The Texans are actually home. Another team to bet on, honestly, a sleeper team, is the Buffalo Bills this week. Everyone's thinking, ah, New England's going to steamroll them. But the game is is in Buffalo, and the Buffalo Bills are seven-point underdogs. And I'm telling you, that's that's going to be an upset right there. The Buffalo Bills are legit. They're here. They're here to stay, and they're here to work. And and, and the Buffalo Bills, I don't expect them to win the game, but they're gonna they're gonna make the Patriots. They're gonna they're gonna work the Patriots. They're gonna hit Tom Brady a couple times. That defense is very good. They beat a they beat a, a Jets team that was fully stacked with Sam Darnold. The Jets did not have Sam Darnold because he has mono, and when they took on the Patriots, so this Bills team is is a proven team, and I think that they're gonna keep it close to New England. I got the Bills losing the game, but they're gonna lose by less than seven points. And another game to bet on, definitely bet the New Orleans Saints. They are two and a half point underdogs at home the Cowboys are getting way too much credit way too much credit who has the Dallas Cowboys played who have the Cowboys played and uh shout out shout out to Sloan real quick I am not driving uh Sloan is my girlfriend's friend she lives in Colorado the Broncos are 0-3 so I know sports over there is not looking good right now but yeah I, of course I'm not driving um I'm in the studio on air on the radio so give you a quick little shout out but anyway the Saints are two and a half point underdogs. Underdogs at home. You know how it is in New Orleans. They eat, sleep, and bleed football. The Saints are legit. They went into Seattle and they showed everyone, hey, look, Alvin Kamara is gonna have to run this, has, is gonna have to run the show. Alvin Kamara ran the show against Seattle. He's gonna run over that Dallas defense. Expect a very low scoring game, though. Take the under of that game. Right now, the over-under is 47 points. Take that under immediately. Dallas Cowboys defense is good. Saints defense is very good. So expect the Saints to win at home. But you guys listening to Swoop Radio with Josh Sanchez on 89.1 WYBF FM Cavalier Radio. I am live on Instagram. But sadly, Instagram is going to have to go now. As I say bye, this is Josh signing off on Instagram. But anyway... Anyway, as we are going to transition to the final two topics, three topics, I have college basketball. I have two mental health topics. So I hope you guys stick around and you're listening to Swoop Radio with Josh Sanchez on 89.1 WYBF FM Cavalier Radio. And Swoop Radio is back. I hope you guys enjoyed On The Way, OTW by Khalid, Six Black, and Ty Dolla Sign. Always a good song. Classic song. I don't know how many times I bumped to that song on my way to my girl's house. Definitely a lot. Um, but anyway, <laughs> transitioning. And she does not have a house, by the way. 
Transitioning to the next topic. <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. Anyway, the Kansas Jayhawks. We have another basketball scandal. When is this nonsense going to stop? I, I, every, every year it's something. Every year it's some form of scandal. But this time, Kansas is the victim here. And Kansas is charged with multiple level one violations, including lack of institutional control. So what this means is, like, this story is huge because the Kansas Jayhawks, they went through a stretch until last year where they have won, I believe, 14 or 15 straight Big 12 champ conference championships. And this is a Kansas team's this is a Kansas team that had Andrew Wiggins and Joel Embiid in one same team. And now, fast forward a couple years later, now they're experiencing their first ever scandal. So, one penalty Kansas will suffer. This is according to Yahoo Sports. So I hope you guys listen to this. This is very important. One penalty Kansas will suffer in the coming months is a lack of recruiting success due to the black cloud of major penalties hoovering above the school. This next part is important for you guys to listen. The Jayhawks finished 2019 with the 15th ranked recruiting class. By far one of the worst in Kansas's ten and during Coach Self's tenure. And they currently do not have any 2020 or 2021 commits yet. And that's a rarity from a top organization in college basketball. What the NCAA said regarding this was, regarding the self-reported football violations, the university's monitoring systems work to identify the issues and Kansas University self-reported violations to the NCAA regard related to the conduct of two members of the previous coaching staff. Those involved in football violations are no longer associated with the university. So that's what Kansas said to the NCAA. The Kansas Star, a local newspaper, reported last week that the NCAA was preparing to issue a notice of allegations against the school. It comes after speculation following a top NCAA official who said the organization would reveal findings against schools that were involved in a play-for-play recruiting scandal and were investigated by the FBI. The players that were included in this, Kansas Center Sevillo de Sosa was suspended for two years as a result of the probe, but his sentence was reduced to one year in May after an appeal. He was deemed eligible to play in the upcoming season after sitting the 2018-2019 season due to the violations. The violations are also tied to the recruitment of Billy Preston, whose mother was implicated in working with, with veteran Adidas consultant TJ Gasanola, not Gasolina, the famous song. Gasnola in court. So those are the two players that were involved in the scandal. The Kansas, what does the Kansas coach have to say for this? He said, quote, and this is according 
to the Kansas City Star. In its haste, an attempt to regain control of the enforcement staff, a uh, regain control, sorry, the enforcement staff has created a false narrative regarding me and our program. The narrative is based on innuendo, half truths, misimpressions, and mischaracterizations. In reality, we all know there is only one version of the truth. The truth is based on verifiable facts, and I am confident the facts we will demonstrate in our case will expose the inaccuracies of the enforcement staff's narrative. So that's what the Kansas coach said to that issue. Now, for those who do not know what it what is a level one versus a level two violation, this is a, this is a very important statistic to know. Level two allegations are against the football program, including allowing an extra coach to work practice under former coach David David uh, Beatty. So a level two is less severe than a level one. The punishment is less. Uh, level 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 two. You're still eligible for bowl games. You're still eligible for the playoff playoffs. Now you might get suspended a couple games. Now level one is the most severe. Level one violations carry the most severe punishment, which includes postseason bans and scholarship losses. So if you so if you're a, a university and you get hit with a level one violation. You're going to lose championships. You get championships revoked, like what happened with Louisville in their 2013 championship. They got rid of it because of their allegations. You lose postseason bowls and you also lose scholarships and you lose recruitment. And if you don't get the top recruits, you are screwed. So that is all that is happening. That is all that has taken place with the Kansas basketball program. So within the next, within this season, Expect Kansas to take a step a step back this season. And this is just the start of what the NCAA is going to do. The NCAA has already been a flawed system, though, in terms of not playing their athletes. I, I definitely agree. And we're going to see a lot of more allegations because universities, what they do is they try and take advantage of a broken system. And now they're getting caught. But you guys listen to Swoop Radio with Josh Sanchez. We are going to transition to a sports psychology topic next so i hope you guys stick around but before i go and what i'm going to leave you guys with is a very classic song by kendrick lamar it is dna kendrick by kendrick lamar sue brady will be right back And Swoop Radio is back. Hope you guys enjoyed that quick little Kendrick Lamar DNA, and as well as disrupting poverty. Poverty is a very is a huge national crisis and a huge problem that needs to be solved, and it's going to take a whole world effort for it to, for it to change. But anyway, we are transitioning to the sports psychology topic of today, and this will this will be the last topic that will be put on Thursday's podcast for Swoop Radio with Josh Sanchez. The last topic 
which I'm going to get into about loneliness. That's going to be on the Behavior Vortex podcast. And I also have another special interview for the Behavior Vortex podcast. That'll be on Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern time. But anyway, we are going to transition to the sports psychology topic. I was doing some research. I was like, what can I talk about today for today's show? And I found this article. It's healthline.com. And in this article, sports psychologist Hillary Cathan, she explains her work with numerous athletes and explains what is going on. But here are some athlete stories that I'm going to introduce. I was falling in every area of life, running and academically. And I remember waking up and not liking who I was. I just saw someone who was a failure. Gymnast Caitlin Owashi, gymnast for UCLA, is not scared to talk about what she was feeling and she's not she's not alone in this in this topic like there's more players marty fish baseball player rick ankiel ankiel michael phelps has voiced his opinion about depression just because athletes are supposed to be like physically gifted and physically strong like they're hu- they're regular human people. That's what a lot of people doesn't don't realize is they're a lot they're like regular people like you and me. Me talking on this radio station. They literally have everyday lives, children. They experience the same mental health problems that we face every single day with mental health. That's why mental health it can be psychology can be brought up with anybody. But Ryan Hall, a half marathon record holder, he talked. He, he said, quote, about like body image and stuff. My friends and family, and before I get started, because I talked about body image last week on the behavior vortex. So just like athletes, like they may have the best bodies, but they're still going to have body image problems because society has always taught you to be the biggest, fastest, strongest, or to be the most toned and the most fit. So here's what Ryan Hall had to say on the, in the article of Mainline. My friends and family would be struck by being around me because I was always doing something related to running. So if we were watching a movie, I'd be on the foam roller or stretching or doing core. You're always thinking about preparing yourself for your next workout or how to recover from the last to get yourself in optimal shape. Physical toll takes a huge demand. Physical demand takes a toll. When I trained the rest of the day, I was useless. I had to block out two hours in the afternoon from one to three that I called my business meeting. And I would just sleep that entire time. And nothing would get in the way of these plans. So pretty much like maintaining the body, maintaining the shape takes a physical toll on athletes, which is why, again, the fan in football is a perfect example. I played football in summer camp. We did two-a-days. We did practice every single day. Uh, I remember coming out of every practice. I'm sweaty. I'm tired. But all the fans care about is how you perform on Saturday. That's that's what people care about. In college football and the NFL, it's Sunday. And when you're taught 
to be the biggest, fastest, and strongest. And you have to maintain your shape. Because the second you're not in shape, organizations are going to call you out. People are going to call you out. Oh, man, he's not in shape. Like Embiid last year. Embiid was in good shape in the beginning of the year. Then he hurt his knee. Then he didn't play as much. He started gaining weight. Now Embiid lost 25 pounds. Perfect example. This is the aspect of sports that a lot of people do not really talk about. And that is the mental toll it takes to mentally train yourself every single day. Which is why Tom Brady, it's a lifestyle. You're not socializing. You're not going out and having fun. All you're thinking about is, how am I going to get better? How am I going to maintain this body? How am I going to maintain this shape? How am I going to do this? And that is a lot of pressure. And it takes a lot of toll on an athlete. And here's another misconception Hall says. You look at guys who are the best in the world in our sport. And they are tiny guys who are 5'4 and 115 pounds. Gee, this is gymnast. And I look at myself and I'm 5'10 and raced at 137 pounds. I wanted to be skinnier and smaller, he says. And he had to work for it. And Ryan Hall is a half marathon runner. So the best... Sorry for that, guys. He is not a gymnast. He is a marathon runner. So it literally had to be a lifestyle for him. And this is what psychologist uh, Kathleen says. Many athletes feel psychologically psychological sim- symptoms on a daily basis. And as more and more athletes continue to speak out about their mental health, the more we'll gain a better understanding of how prevalent mental illness is in athletes the NCAA does a lot of research trying to figure out what college athletes are experiencing a majority of our college athletes are reporting feeling stressed on a daily basis and some report that they struggle with anxiety depression and adjusting to the new challenges they face due to high pressure situation of the sport and balancing their lives in college So that's what a psychologist said as she's working in the field. And she also states that body image is a micro, micro, uh, a microsome of society. We see it at a young age when we start to do social comparison. We start to look at people around us to see how they look, how they act, how people respond to them. This is highlighted in the athletic culture. That you're supposed to look a certain way and perform a certain way. And this is what stresses out a lot of athletes. Because think about it. If you're thinking about the ideal athlete, what are you thinking about? Like, it's not physically real. It's not. Like, LeBron is 6'9", 280, but he spends $500,000 a year for his mental health and for his body. It's not real. You're not just going to wake up and be perfect. And even if you work hard, like you're going to have to come to an understanding with yourself. And as athletes, come understanding with your athletic abilities and have confidence with yourself. Because you can only do so much physically. Because if you're going to constantly make this a lifestyle and stuff, your body starts to break down and then you reach a breaking point where it's enough is enough. I've put in so much work. What is it? And then that leads to the next topic that uh, Kathleen talks about. 
the concept of failing. Failing is really hard. No one wakes up and says, I can't wait to lose. But you have to understand the emotional impact it will have on you and learn how to reflect and process those emotions and be able to look back and say, okay, it didn't go the way I wanted to. What I can learn from this? What can I learn from it? And how can I adjust the next time to do better? And this is the last concept I'm going to talk about for this topic because Swoop Radio did start earlier. He started at 5.15 instead of instead of 5.30 because I wanted to get out the studio a little bit earlier. But anyway, the concept of failure, and then we're going to do one more topic at the top of the hour, and then that's what will be the end of, of uh, the whole show. But the concept of failure in sport is another important concept to talk about. I remember playing high school ball. We, all I wanted was to get a ring. I wanted to get a championship ring so bad. I wanted to rock, rock it out and show off that I'm a state champion and stuff. And once you lose that for those first couple games, you're just like, are we really good enough? And some players will use those losses as, motiv- as motivation. And this is why it's so hard to win in team sports because you deal with so many different personality types. A lot of players mentally, some of them, it's either that makes or breaks them. The second there's a failure, they don't want, like, they immediately get defeated because they put so much work into the game. And then when you lose to a team that that maybe just be a little bit better than you, it affects you mentally. And depending on the person, some people take on that challenge and get better. Some people just be like, yeah, I guess I'm not good enough. I'm not going to win. And then some people... It all depends on the personality types. And and if you're an athlete, and I'm going to get more athletes on this show because it's important to speak their minds and stuff about anxiety and depression. But if you're an athlete and you are in the second failure does not like the second the game does not go your way. How do you react to it? To all my athletes listening, ask yourself, how do I think about this? Am I really making myself better? Did I learn anything from the loss? Did I make any mistakes? That And I have to embrace that they happened. You can't regret on the, the, the mistakes. The Panthers are the perfect example of a team that never recovered from the Super Bowl. There's something called a Super Bowl hangover or a championship hangover. When the, Notice how the losers of the Super Bowl, other than the Patriots of last year, have gone back to the Super Bowl and won. Seattle didn't do it. Atlanta didn't do it. The Rams, who knows what the Rams are going to do this year. The Patriots are the only team, and that's because Tom Brady literally has embraced it and has created a lifestyle from his game of football. Tom Brady's just a different breed. Mentally. Not physically, mentally. Tom Brady has what all athletes need to strive for. He's not physically as he's not as physically gifted as other players, but mentally, he is just on another level. When players doubt themselves, Tom Brady does not. He fully throw, gives his best, and win or lose, he knows that he gave his best, which is why the Patriots have now won six Super Bowls. But you guys listen to Swoop Radio with Josh Sanchez. We will be back at the top of the hour. Before I go, I'm gonna. We're probably gonna play 
Seven Rings by Ariana Grande. So, hope you guys enjoy Seven Rings by Ariana Grande. This is now officially the last topic of Swoop Radio, the podcast. The recap of this show will be tomorrow at 6 o'clock Eastern Time on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and you can follow Swoop Radio on Instagram at Swoop Radio underscore. Next topic will be the behavior vortex and the mental health topic of the day. But we'll be back. Here is Seven Rings, Ariana Grande. Again, podcast will be out on Friday. I am currently airing on 89.1 WYBF-FM Cavalier Radio this Wednesday night. And that concludes the fourth show of Swoop Radio with Josh Sanchez. I hope you guys enjoyed the show. Next week, I might have a special co-host. I'll let you guys know who it is. But I hope you guys have a wonderful night. Be safe out there. And this is Josh signing off. Swoop! But nothing beats.